And, you know, the Catholic Church needs to teach everyone that God doesn't make mistakes. We are all God's children. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Jesus would be attending the Pride Parade. In fact, I think Jesus would be the Grand Marshal Grand of the Pride Marshal. Parade. Jesus would be attending that Pride Parade. Tiger Woods, <laughs> the Duck Dynasty family, and Hillary Clinton. One is the most. What year is it? The year is 2013. One is the most fascinating, and one is not even on the list. Okay, I feel pretty good about this one. I think that Hillary Clinton is the most fascinating. No, sorry. I think that Tiger Woods is the most fascinating. I think Hillary Clinton is on the list, and I think Duck Dynasty is out. I would have to disagree, Sean. I think that Hillary Clinton is the most fascinating. I think that Duck Dynasty is on the list, and I think that Tiger Woods is out. Marie, you are absolutely correct. (sighs) God, it feels good to win. Hillary Clinton was the most fascinating person of 2013, marking her fourth time on the list. (laughs) And this time it was a back-to-back as she was on the list in just 2012. She really cannot stop fascinating Barbara. And I believe (laughs) if this series had continued, we would have seen Hillary on it yet again. At least one, at least one more time. Yeah. Probably two or three times. Three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Barbara did sit down with the Duck Dynasty family. Mm-hmm. They gave her a duck call contraption <laughs> that she played with. <laughs> they ended up being like Trump supporter, weird, uh, fringy people. T- to the surprise of no one. literally no one. <laughs> so. Moving along to 2014, and we will be wrapping up the series in this episode. We have two more years left. So 2014, we have Oprah Winfrey, Amal Clooney, Ellen DeGeneres. Don't all go at once. (laughs) I will go first. I think that Amal Clooney was... The most fascinating. I think that Oprah was on the list, and I think that Ellen was not on the list. I think that Amal Clooney was the most fascinating. I think that Ellen was on the list, and I think that Oprah was not on the list. Wow, Sean, you're wrong again. Marie, perfect student. <laughs> yeah, uh, Amal Clooney was the most fascinating person of 2014, which is just crazy because, like, she was completely unknown and then suddenly uh, married George Clooney, which was the entire reason that she was on the list, was just because she finally got George Clooney to settle down. Oh my God. It was actually a very bad moment in time for the special, I believe. (laughs) 
<laughs> Oprah was indeed on the list, and Ellen was not. What did Oprah have going on at the time? Her show was ending, and um, Barbara interviewed her a lot that year because Barbara takes credit for Oprah's entire career and success. Okay. See, I thought this post dated that. I thought that was my assumption and that it lined up somehow with Ellen DeGeneres joining American Idol. That was my guess. But I was wrong. I like that you think that Ellen joining American Idol would have been impactful enough to put her on the list. I don't think that, but we've seen it in the past with Jennifer Lopez, for example, mm-hmm. and being part of the Wait, is American Idol on ABC? It is now. I don't know. Sean, what? you are way in over your head with this American Idol talk. You guys, I have a legal note. Okay. The Oprah Winfrey show did not end in 2014. It ended in 2011. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why Oprah is on the list in 2014. Here's so what Sean wasn't I... so wrong. Here's what I think. Maybe it had something to do with something happening on OWN. Mm-hmm. But what happened on OWN besides Rosie coming and going? Truly. Let me, let me look into this. I'm looking into Oprah 2014. You know what? I think maybe this was when she was acting again. The producers are Googling and they are in Marie's ear. <laughs> um, she hit the road with her Life You Want weekend tour. Perhaps that's it. That could be it. That was a big tour. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. She did a big special that was about the life you want. Okay. And it was a huge ABC thing. So this feels like an ABC tie-in. I see. ABC News, big interview special, the life you want. Fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. Big interview special. Huge. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are you ready for the conclusion? I'm so sad, but but I'm ready. So the final year is 2015, and here are the candidates. We have Bernie Sanders, Caitlyn Jenner, and Reese Witherspoon. Reese with her spoon. <laughs> I think... Can you remind me of the three? Bernie, Caitlin, Bernie, Reese. Caitlin. I think Bernie was the most fascinating. I think that for some reason, Reese was on the list. I don't think that Barbara put Caitlin on the list. Yeah, and I feel like you're telling us a porky pie because... Was Caitlyn out in 2015? Like, that seems too early to me. Well, that's the name of the game, Sean. (laughs) I think that... I just have no recollection of Barbara talking about Caitlyn Jenner. And so that's why I tend to agree with Marie. So I would say that Bernie was on the list and the other one was the most fascinating. You think Reese Witherspoon was the most... No, Bernie's the most fascinating. (laughs) Sorry, can I have some clarification on what your answer is, Sean? I think that Bernie's the most fascinating and Reese Witherspoon is on the list and Caitlyn Jenner is not on the list. 
Well, you both could not be more wrong. Oh, God. Caitlyn Jenner was the most fascinating person of 2015. Bernie Sanders was on the list, and Reese Witherspoon was not on the list. It's like, obviously, but I thought that... (laughs) it was the year of wild, so it's not a crazy idea. Yeah, it's like, that's the obvious answer, but I I was doing, like, I thought we were playing mind games. Yeah. And I was trying to get into the mind of Barbara. I was, play- this, I I was playing a mind obvious. game because I deliberately yeah. looked up a movie from 2015. <laughs> I was playing reverse, reverse psychology. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for playing and everyone who came out to our studio audience for this game. <laughs> I can't believe it's over. I feel like this is something that our society is really missing now. Yeah. Is the most fascinating people list. And now, audience, we turn to you. It's time to decide which one of us is the most fascinating, (laughs) who is on the list, and who did not make the list at all. Let us know what you think. God. We do have a small announcement. This will be our last episode of the season, of this season of The View. There's Mm -hmm. only two months left in the season, but we're going to dip out a little bit early, unfortunately. Or fortunately, depending on on if you hate listen or not. We just don't have any time in our schedule in the Mm -hmm. next couple of months to put out any new episodes so unfortunately we will have to take a break but do keep in mind the view is ending anyway very soon (laughs) permanently (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe we just made it through an entire zoom season almost and i really don't think they're going back into studio in the next two months so no wow What's I'm not even that... fully convinced they'll be in the studio in September. No. no, it's like my dream is that when you hear from us next, both they and us will be doing this in person again and no longer over Zoom. Yeah, what started as a funny idea of like, what if they did this show from home one time, just one time, <laughs> just to see what it's like, suddenly turned into... I, over a year yeah. <laughs> of the view from home. And it's been a really, there's been certainly a lot of growing pains for us because the show changed so much and not just in where they were doing it from, but also in the tone of the show, it changed a lot, became mm-hmm. a lot more serious. And we had a really hard time with that. I think all of us mm-hmm. would agree Mm -hmm. oh the season's been dire like let's be honest (laughs) this is not the show that I fell in love with and part of it is with regards to working from home and everyone having to make their little speeches which we've talked about ad nauseum Mm -hmm. um, because part of the whole point is having a spirited debate and that can't happen on zoom well, it actually can happen on Zoom because there's actually no delay on Zoom, but for whatever reason, there's a delay on the view. <laughs> so it makes it impossible. And also the shift that we've also talked about 
away from hot topics and towards political interviews. Yeah. It's not fun, unfortunately. I think also, like, where I really turned on the view and maybe I like took it a little too far was when they <laughs> skipped Halloween. <laughs> I had a really hard time like getting back to a yeah. positive place after that. Yeah. It, well, that's why I'm saying there were some growing pains, but we got used to it and we worked with it. What's interesting about this past season of The View is that there seemed to have been um, kinks that every show that had to work from home kind of worked through. And a lot of shows upped their game in terms of like the, t- the technical um, aspects and they worked through a lot of technical issues. We can't all be Wendy Williams. We can't all be Wendy Williams. We can't all be the Drew Barrymore show. <laughs> Tamron. So, Kelly Clarkson, you know, so exactly, we can't all be Brian Brian and Kelly. We can't (laughs) talk. So you know what I mean. And so I felt that was challenging as a viewer to like a full year later, being like, it looks exactly the same as it did like the last week of March 2020, and. That was just something that I had to reckon with in my own head. But at the same time, like, they had such a successful season in terms of, like, eyeballs Mm -hmm. on it. Like, more than ever, everyone's watching it. I know. Yeah. I think it's, like, the things that I love most, I just wasn't getting as much of this season. But maybe a lot of new viewers were, like, we love what this new thing is, you know? It reminds me of, like, you know, I think about other shows that I like, and, like, let's take Survivor, for example, which I'm re-watching seasons of nonstop right now. And, you know, in much later seasons, it's like the thing I fell in love with the show for no longer exists, but it's still incredibly successful and new people come to it and they love the things about it that I don't love because they replace Mm -hmm. the things that I love. And that's sort of how I feel about The View. Like what I like about The View is all of the things that made it interesting to watch during its flop era. Like the fun, you know, chaotic jumping from hot topics Completely going from something super topics. serious right into something so stupid. Yeah, and <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. It's become a very polished product about politics. And I can see why new viewers would flock to that, especially in this time. But it's not what I came for. But I do think they do. They sometimes throw us a bone and will give us something silly to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I guess it just doesn't quite work on Zoom as well as it would if they were all sitting at a table to talk about yeah. something lighthearted because yeah. of them each having to give a, a speech on it. And I also think like a lot of the times where we were saying how Megan doesn't always want to participate in those topics, you wouldn't notice it as much if she wasn't like required to give a speech. Yeah. So it's just like the That's format, true. I guess, like lends itself to politics. But, you know, <laughs> I still like, I don't, I still like love the show and I still love these hosts but it just was a we I think we were really hard on the show this season (laughs) because there was so much different yeah yeah so some we had something very exciting happened to Maria and I yesterday Mm -hmm. that we never when I woke up that morning I never thought in a million years it was going to happen but then it did so Mm -hmm. if you don't know already where we live 
vaccines are really hard to come by. It's like the Wild West because our government (laughs) is just like failing. Like they have vaccines, but they don't. There seems to be like it's the most chaotic like uh, plan to get them out there. So like we we basically like play a lottery system with like rogue Twitter accounts being like, get to this address now. They have they're giving away vaccines like get there now. So that's what we've been dealing with. Yeah. So it's like they have the vaccines. The the government just isn't telling people where they are. (laughs) So every time that a new vax drops it literally is like you're like trying to buy new sneakers or like tickets to Katy Perry yes it's like we're all on the Katy Perry street team and we're like having to go to these like (laughs) random locations at the drop of a hat so there's a twitter account called vax hunters can and they are literally doing the lord's work they're just volunteers They just are random people who started this account. They deserve to be, like, honored by the nation. The government. Yeah. Truly, literally. And so they update people when there's, like, a new vax drop uh, all over Canada. And so yesterday I saw that there was a vax drop um, in a location. Are you the one that kicked it off? I am the one that made the announcement. Oh, my God. Didn't even know. I'm, I was logged on, and I saw that there was a new Vax drop in the location that Kevin and I were eligible for, and so we all sped over, literally Fast our, and the Furious. Our entire <laughs> office, like, dropped everything they were doing <laughs> and ran to this location. Got to this location, got the shot. It was like... It felt like I lived 18 lives yesterday because when I woke up that morning, I was in the mindset of like, I am getting the vaccine in July at the earliest, (laughs) Yeah, you know, and then my whole life flipped upside down and suddenly I was getting my shot of Madonna in the arm and I just felt like a brand new woman, um, like a free woman. (laughs) (laughs) it was a great experience it was everybody at the vaccination spot was the kindest person i've ever met yeah one after another nicer than the next all volunteers um other than the people literally administering the vaccines and then on the way out they gave us chocolate bars and they had a photo booth yes they had a selfie and photo booth (laughs) It was, like, truly the best experience. I got to get vaccinated beside two of my best friends, like, Mm -hmm. Marie on my left, Spencer on my right. Yeah. And I just never thought that was going to happen. And it's so fucked that, like, we all have to go through this and that there's literally, like, no plan for how to give people vaccinations because of Doug Ford. But yeah, the Madonna is coursing through my veins right now. I feel like if I (laughs) held my arm up to the microphone, you could probably hear Madonna in there. In fact, like, let me just try. Um, Let me hold my arm up to the microphone and see if you guys can hear. Yeah, she's she's in there. I thought it would be playing I'm So Stupid from American Life. (laughs) No, I do feel like I have the ray of light pulsing through my veins. Um, I do have arm soreness, but other than that, no, nothing to complain about. Um, 
What was I going to say? <laughs> Nothing could I complain about memory wiped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing to complain about except like, wait, where am I? <laughs> except for the hallucinations. <laughs> oh, okay. What I was going to say was... The one thing, and I've heard that this is normally a side effect of your second dose with um, vaccines, but yesterday, after a few hours after I got the shot, I was like the hungriest I've ever been in my life. (laughs) In my life. I ordered the most insane chaotic order from McDonald's. It was like... To work or when you got home? When I got home. (laughs) No, I at work I just starved in silence. I wasn't gonna let people see the real me. After you like um, saved so many lives in our yeah. <laughs> shaking, eating my free Twix bar. Mm. <laughs> Full. I got home and I ordered quarter pounder meal with poutine, a sprite. A sprite. That's how chaotic I was feeling. Um and then also ten McNuggets and then two apple pies. And a shamrock shake. <laughs> And then after that, still insatiable, I ordered an insane, like, snack order from, like, a convenience store. I, like, Uber Eats a convenience store. That's a line that I will not cross on Uber. I never thought I would do that, but last night, the Madonna whispered in my ear. (laughs) The, The temptress Madonna whispered in my ear and said... You need to order a four pack of ice cream drumstick brand, as well as a like novelty sized pack of Mike and Ike's and chips and chocolates, or you will die right now. And so I did, and that's why I also got this huge um, Arizona iced tea that I'm drinking right now. Mm-hmm. Was because I snapped. So that for me was the only real side effect. Other than the arm soreness, which I think is like, probably I probably am, you know, the best. That's the best case scenario, I yeah. think. God, so good luck the rest of Ontario in the Hunger Games, <laughs> and you could be like Thank us you. soon. <laughs> good luck, Sean. But the thing is, I was like half expecting that we would feel a little sicky today, and so I was prepared to come on on Mike and be like. Good morning, America. Oh, yeah. We totally were like, <laughs> tomorrow we're going to be sick and we're going to have to do a press release. <laughs> a, a little announcement. Well, I'm happy for you or sorry that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but now my mission, now that I've helped like 15 people, I just, I feel like I need to help more. Like, you now should I've work at Vax Hunters. Yeah, I've caught the bug. The volunteer. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> And now I want to I want to help you, Sean. Thank you. If you'll let me. <laughs> I'm going to give it a couple days so you can simmer down from your sprite <laughs> and then I'll get in touch. So has everyone seen the beautiful Whoopi Goldberg interview and photo shoot in Variety? Yes. It was the most stunning thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Since Whoopi's last photo shoot. She mm-hmm. is a fashion icon and she has been telling you so for many years. Um, she had a nice feature in Variety. The Oscars are on Sunday, so tomorrow. We're doing this on Saturday. 
and they're going hostless yet again. So they interviewed her about hosting the Oscars and also her own historic win. And she talked a lot about her friendship with Billy Crystal and Robin Williams, who she called the two most important men in her life. Um, And she also talked about um, being a mentor to Tiffany Haddish, which I love. And the big reveal of this is that she said that she is currently writing a superhero movie, which is about a older black woman superhero. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I just hope incredible. that she writes it and plays the lead part. That's the thing, too, which I feel like is like a, a natural assumption. She has to get someone, like, hopefully someone, like, wants to make this. She said that she's in talks with, like, a comic book company about creating this. And then there's interest in adapting it into a feature. Yeah, the way I understood it, the way she said it, I thought she was already working with Dark Horse, the comic Mm -hmm. publisher. Mm -hmm. And it sounded, maybe I misunderstood, but it sounded like she was starting it as a comic series and then was like, actually, this could be a movie. And like, let's do both as tie-ins, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I like that idea because like, you know, that's like not a nobody publisher. That's like a significant publisher. So like, maybe this will be good. Yeah. I really think she deserves, like, to... She deserves, like, another, like, big project. Like, she deserves her next sister act, you know? Well, she's about to get it. (laughs) The sister act three. (laughs) Her her next trilogy. Her next franchise. Yeah. Yeah. She said, Since a little kid, I've been obsessed with superheroes. They're all saving the earth all the time, but do you know who's really going to save the earth? Old black women. Which is kind of a great, like, page one. First sentence of page one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked when they talked about this on The View a little bit, and the ladies got to interview Whoopi about the interview in Variety. Mm -hmm. That um, Whoopi just basically boiled it down to wanting to see a superhero with her boobs on the floor. And there needs to be a superhero that's a black woman whose chest is not way up here on her shoulders, but down on the floor where mine reside. (laughs) Which I hope somehow works into the superpower. I don't know. Yeah. When they were talking about this on The View, it was like they were all talking over each other to (laughs) praise Whoopi. And like, that's how it should always be. Every episode, (laughs) there should be a segment where they're like stumbling over each other to talk about how incredible Whoopi is. She also talked very briefly about The View. They asked her, I guess, about like how long she sees herself there. And she said, I'm there until I don't think I can do it anymore. But I'm not there yet. As long as they allow me to do both acting and hosting, I can do it. The minute they say, no, you can't, then I have to figure out what to do. Which is such a sharp contrast to a typical year asking Whoopi this question where she says, this is my last year every year. <laughs> so Right, yeah. So it's good to know that she's like in it for the long haul because so mm-hmm. many times she's been done. Yeah. I sort of think that this past year of her working from home she's really come around to it because partly because she i think loves working from home it's easy for her she seems like a bit of a homebody and 
So all of the annoyances of having to go work at the VU right. have been removed. And so she's just left with the parts that she likes, which is like moderating these discussions. But I'm worried that her tone will change again should they ever return to the studio. But it's nice to just bask in this for a moment. Part of it is probably also because they are they do have such great ratings right now. I'm sure that's encouraging. And she's been able, like, more recently to do other stuff other than The View. So it's not, like, I wonder if maybe before part of it was, like, I don't want people to think that The View is my only thing. But now that she's been able to act and do, like, The Stand and other projects, it's probably encouraging to be, like, I can do both. Like, I can have this career and my acting career at the same time. I understand why she would feel that way, but I wish that she would be more proud of the fact that she has been hosting a daytime talk show for, Mm -hmm. like, over a decade. Like, what is it, like, 15 Mm -hmm. years or coming up on? She's been hosting this show for longer, way longer than most people get to do that. Yeah. I wish she would be, like, proud of that more. Yeah, not everybody has that. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted to talk about the Oscars thing again because I feel like, I don't, maybe this is me, but I feel like this year I didn't even know when the Oscars were going to be on. Like, this is, the Oscars is in its flop year. It's real bad. And I feel like of all years that they need to bring back a host, it would be right now. Because Mm -hmm. I don't I don't like the uh, host list thing because it's like not every actor is funny. <laughs> and so when they just do a show where it's a series of different actors coming out and doing these like pre-written bits, um, it just doesn't land the same way as having like Whoopi come out at the start or the head of or the tail of every segment and doing an actual bit where she actually is a comedian and it resonates with people. So I just feel like it's like a big mistake to not have a host and a big mistake to like not have Whoopi come back and do it in a year like this where she could have done it from uh, from home or from like a closed set and like made people more interested in whatever the hell is happening with the Oscars. I don't know... Um... I don't know what is happening with the Oscars. I've been getting the sense that they're going to happen in person in some way. And so a host would have to be there. Like, I'm assuming it's going to be something like the Golden Globes, where it's like semi in person, semi not. Um, And so I, but I tend to agree. Like, I think it kind of needs a host, especially in this year when most people haven't seen the movies nominated yeah. and the movies nominated really have almost no buzz behind them because they've never been in theaters. Mm-hmm. So, and, and not only would it need a host for that reason, but it would need like a classic host, like a Whoopi or like someone, I don't know, not that that's somebody that's not James Corden, you know, like it needs a, a, a special event host. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why nobody gives a flying fart about <laughs> this year's Oscars. Yeah, yeah, I I barely know who's there. Like the Grammys had Beyonce. The Oscars yeah. don't have that. Yeah, it's like I f- I feel bad for like the people nominated this year and for the films nominated this year because I feel like the Oscars is giving them zero special treatment and zero like space to be celebrated. 
because it's like we literally don't know if they're in person we don't know if it's all on zoom i like had to look up to be like is there a host this year it's kind of like a mess and i just feel like they should have jumped on the opportunity to have someone like Whoopi to tie it all together, especially if they are doing it like um, like a, a webcast or a Zoom or something. Because like you need someone who's like comes in and is like, OK, now we're going to this person. You can't just be like randomly jumping from like head to head with no guidance. Yeah, I think like if it was a host that everyone actually liked then i would be more interested but yeah whatever i'm still gonna watch can i come (laughs) (laughs) just because you're vaccinated running around picking up god knows what i don't want you bringing it here just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can let your hair down and put your records on Someone else was featured recently in an article, and that was Megan McCain's hairstylist. So as everyone knows, Megan McCain's hair and makeup has been getting a lot of attention because they have been really over-the-top looks, which I personally enjoy because I think it's exciting to see what is going to happen every day with her look. Mm. But for Megan's haters, it's... (laughs) It's an easy target. Um, And so a lot of people have made a lot of assumptions about her hair and makeup person. And people Mm -hmm. have been like saying, are they trying to sabotage her and whatever? And so The Cut did an interview with her. Her name is Carmen Curry. Yeah. And this article, this interview is kind of shady. Like, I feel like they wanted to do, like, a really shady interview with her or something. And then she just gave them nothing. (laughs) Like, I feel bad for her, kind of. Because it says, though the popular assumption online is that there's some sabotage via glam going on backstage, Curry assured the cut that her intentions are pure and not at all passive-aggressive. I'm not slapping something on her and being like, take that, she laughs over the phone. I'm not telling her what to do all the time. It's not like that at all. I want her to feel comfortable. I want her to feel confident with what I'm doing. And I want her to like it overall. And she does. I think it shows. And that's part of what people are picking up on. And then she also goes on to explain that like the view, she works for ABC and ABC Mm -hmm. News. And she doesn't, she's not Megan's personal stylist, but she works for The View now and is assigned to Megan. And they are collaborating on the looks and she's very Mm -hmm. happy to do it. She like made a point that like typically because she comes from um, ABC News, she does like a lot of like politicians and um, news correspondents. And so she has to stick with like really, really basic like. I think she even said like more like boring looks. So with Megan, it's her opportunity to like have fun and she like never gets to do that with her other jobs. So that makes sense to me that she'd be like, oh, you want to like do something different and not just do like a plain bun, then like, let's go for it. Yeah, I get that it's fun for people to be like, Megan's hair and makeup are sabotaging her or like they must hate her. But at the end of the day, this is somebody who's like job at this is their career. Right. And it's probably I think she's young um, or like early in her career for a hair and makeup artist. 
And so she's not going to like sabotage one of her biggest clients and like create that kind of a reputation for herself. She's obviously enjoying putting these looks together. And I too like seeing what Megan's going to come out in every day, even if I don't want to hear what comes out of her mouth. I want to see what she looks like because it's exciting. And it's like one of the only excitements we have in the view from home era. Yeah, yeah, and I so That's I kind funny. of like appreciate that she gave this interview because she is the speculation of like every day on Twitter. It's who does Megan's hair and makeup, and also a lot of speculation on like is Megan um, appropriating black culture with her hair looks. Um, and so I feel like this was just kind of the she gets to say her side of the opportunity story. to say like, yeah, here's what yeah. I'm doing here. Yeah, and like I get it. People people can say whatever they want, but like. I'm like, no, don't, because then she's going to stop doing these, like, over-the-top yeah. looks. And it's like, like you said, it's my only, like, joy when I tune in <laughs> is to see that. And Elizabeth used to, like, do a lot of, like, you know, Elizabeth was kind of a fashion gal on The View, too. <laughs> like, someone has to do it. But yeah. this article truly was so shady. Like, imagine, like, giving this interview about your work, and then you go to look at the article, and they're, like, dragging you. <laughs> it says... If gazing upon McCain's head gives you the sudden urge to watch a rich lady rationalize a public shouting match while sitting in a Bravo confessional, that's just Curry's skill shining through. (laughs) What? And then they give a quote from uh, the hairstylist, and she says, sometimes Megan's inspired by a look that she saw, and she's like, can we recreate this or something like this? And I'm always down. She gets her inspiration from the Real Housewives, but also magazines, fashion trends, and colors. The glitter roots, however, that was all curry. That's a neat thing. I love anything that sparkles and shines, and I really like when we do a part right down the middle. Yeah, it's like whenever people tweet being like, Megan's hair person hates her, it makes me feel like it makes me feel shitty because I'm like you're actually insulting the person who like came yeah. up with like you're insulting Carmen when you say that. You know, like yeah. I get that maybe you think that Megan's like for in your in your head you're you think that she's forcing some poor hair and makeup artist to do these things, but it's not that. Like based on what Carmen's saying, it's a very much like Megan's like go for it you know like do what you do what you're inspired to do so it's you're just kind of like shitting on Carmen's work when you say that stuff and that doesn't feel good yeah I agree with you but at least I think she has like a good attitude about it totally now that I've see what she has to say I'm like it's fine she gets it totally and she like I saw that she tweeted so uh, Wendy Williams talked about this article on her show and was like I thought that Wendy, I was, I thought Wendy was going to be like shady about it, but she was like, okay, like, I, I like it. <laughs> if you're having fun, we're all having fun. And then Carmen tweeted out that um, video and was like, thank you, Wendy. <laughs> okay, but, but when Wendy did the show, she showed like several hairstyles of mm-hmm. Megan's. And so she showed one and she went, see, I like this. And then she showed the one where Megan had the pierced hair mm. down the middle the really (laughs) wild look and Wendy was like oh well I don't know about this one but when Carmen tweeted out the clip she cut that part (laughs) out here's one I I don't mind this at all all right let's show here's another 
I don't like this, but you know what? It's just hair, and she has the next day to do another. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I just like, I don't know. Everyone it is what has it is. Something to, it is what it is. Everyone has something to say on Twitter, and it's like if you look back into the 90s, like a lot of, this is a lot of, it's very 90s influenced. Like it's very of the pop girls from the 90s, and they were doing it then, and if someone wants to do it now, then go for it. Yeah. It's very, like, to me, very Gwen Stefani. It's That's very, exactly what I was It's very Gwen Stefani referencing back her 90s looks, yeah. but elevating them. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I get. Yeah. But I also don't want to be, like, telling people how to feel, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, that's why I've been silent on this topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I just think that, like, I'm happy that Carmen is like speaking about it for herself because I think that that's something to consider what like if you're critiquing it just consider what Carmen has to say about it as well yeah breaking my silence (laughs) (laughs) Kevin suddenly I don't know about you but I'm feeling a bit feverish from my Madonna or or maybe it's hot topics I don't know I can't see clearly anymore sean what's going on you're the only one that isn't vaccinated i can confirm it is indeed getting hot in here so let's take off all our clothes and do a little hot topics what hot topics are you doing the i got so the past couple of weeks on the view they talked about a lot of stuff that we're not going to get into today but they talked about Prince Philip's funeral. They talked a lot about the crisis of police murdering black people. Mm-hmm. And they talked about the Derek Chauvin verdict, which Sonny mm-hmm. had a very emotional reaction to. And they they also talked about Nancy Pelosi's idiotic statement about George yeah. Floyd. I really hope, like, as they're talking about this stuff, that they will find a way to like present more sides to the story. And I don't mean more cops talking. I mean like more people that want to come on and talk about not just reforming the police, but other solutions. Such as abolishing. Exactly. And not yeah. just renaming it. Yeah. But even on the Nancy Pelosi thing, I mean, not to get into it too deeply, but all of the hosts are kind of like, oh, well, that's not what she meant. She meant this. And like, give Nancy a break. But if somebody, if a Republican had said that, like, let's be honest, they would have torn that person to shreds. So like, let's just be real here. It's okay mm-hmm. yeah. to criticize Nancy Pelosi. The world's not going to crumble. Yeah. yeah. I just hope they have more more perspectives on that. Yeah, I just, again, like I've said it before, I just wish that there was someone there with a with the progressive's point of view, because if you just watched The View, you wouldn't even know that progressives exist in America yeah. sometimes when they're doing these topics. Yeah, yes. So given that this is our last episode for a little while, we are going to go into some of the things that were more silly. <laughs> Such as... <laughs> <laughs> Such as gay bachelor. <laughs> I know this has come and gone, but 
we haven't had a chance to weigh in on former bachelor Colton Underwood, who came out of the closet on GMA to much criticism, although you wouldn't know it if you watched The View. And, <laughs> um, and then an announcement was made shortly after that he would be getting his own Netflix show where Gus Kemsworthy plays a gay mentor quote of sorts to him (laughs) (laughs) and I love this topic because it it did give Sarah a chance to talk about her gay brother again Mm -hmm. and it's really actually been such a long time since she was able to talk about her gay brother and she even was like I know I talk about my gay brother a lot but I'm gonna talk about my gay brother It reminded me, I, I, I don't mean to always take these stories back to my brother, but almost everything he said in that interview uh, resembled my brother's coming out story. <laughs> yeah. What I loved about this topic was I gave Megan and Sarah the opportunity to um, once again try to like out gay ally each other. <laughs> I always imagine them like that scene in Bridesmaids where like they're trying to out sing each other, but it's Megan and Sarah trying to like be like my good friend Clay Aiken, well actually my gay brother, you know. <laughs> Clay Aiken is one of my best friends in the entire world. He is literally like a brother to me. I call him Uncle Clay to my daughter uh, Liberty. So that was <laughs> this was a nice trip down memory lane in terms of that. Yeah. I liked that Sunny then one-upped both of them by doing her greatest hit about Jesus going to the Pride Parade, <laughs> yeah. but remixing it. And now Jesus is the Grand Marshal of the Pride Parade. And, you know, the Catholic Church needs to teach everyone that God doesn't make mistakes. We are all God's children. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Jesus would be attending the Pride Parade. In fact, I think Jesus would be the Grand Marshal of the Pride Parade. He got a promotion. I feel like she's been sitting on that one for a while and just (laughs) took the opportunity, seized the moment and upgraded Jesus's position at the Pride Parade. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just so funny. Like, And I'm not saying anyone reacted to this wrong, but like, it's just so funny how seriously they took this topic. And I guess you kind of don't really have any other option when you're like a a straight cis woman. Like Uh you're not gonna joke around about like this guy coming out of the closet, but they took it very seriously and they made it out to be like this big win for gay rights. And then, you know, (laughs) just talking about how difficult it is to come out of the closet and how hard this must have been for him and they they really dwelled they really dwelled on the catholic church part yeah. of it <laughs> about like growing up catholic and how much that must have stopped him from coming out that was like their main takeaway meanwhile on gay twitter it was like a zoo it was yeah i felt like i got a lot of different sides of points of view from twitter um and people reacting to this like the host focused almost entirely on the fact that he was talking about being from the catholic church and how that had like stopped him from coming out earlier and how it made him hate himself and that was something that they all repeated and all wanted to talk about i was disappointed that no that everyone was like this is the most amazing human and we love you little baby because this guy has a restraining order against him from his last girlfriend because he went fully obsessed (laughs) starring beyonce (laughs) and was stalking her and put a gps tracker on her vehicle 
because he was acting extremely irrational and insane. And everyone on this panel was like, that never happened. Or they were never told no, that they it just, had happened. Uh, yeah, they you must know? Have and so I felt like that was a bit of a failure to not acknowledge that because the harm that he has done to that woman and a lot of her friends and family and maybe even other people maybe this is just how he is in a relationship we don't know but you know it was kind of like ignorant to not bring it up but i don't but blame that being them. said i did see a funny tweet that was like <laughs> good luck to little colton with his next really like stalking his next partner because gay people can't drive <laughs> <laughs> but to throw them a small bone they did talk about this like as soon as it dropped so, like, they yeah. maybe didn't have time to, like, know this. But I don't know. I just am talking it up. I just was like, wow, they were really fast on this one. Yeah, I felt a bit bad for them because, obviously, the interview came out that morning. And so they scrambled to get it into their Hot Topics. It mm. was the leading Hot Topic in a day full of other things going on. And so they weren't keeping their eye on the discourse going on online. And so they missed what the actual story was. Yeah. But it did give everyone an opportunity to out ally each other. So it still, <laughs> it was a win for everyone anyway. And Whoopi also got in that good speech about like, back up, back off. Yeah. <laughs> like mind your own business. <laughs> But see, we can't seem to get past this idea that everybody has to mind everybody else's business. Back up, back off, take care of yourself and let other people take care of themselves. I think it'll make life a lot easier. The only perspective that I really think was missing was like that person that's like a Rosie O'Donnell or a Raven Simone who would have said something so homophobic, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Like, despite being gay themselves, would have said probably something so problematic. Like, about being like, oh, surprise, surprise. Like, we couldn't tell the second we heard his voice. Something like, something like that, like that yeah. is what was missing that we would have seen in past years on the panel. Well, somebody, somebody actually dug up, I'm just remembering now, um, a hot topic from his season of The Bachelor where Joy made some comment about how he's probably gay. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. And, like, why hasn't there been a gay bachelor? Yes, yes, yes. Because, yeah, that Joy knew all along. If only Joy had known in this topic that she had known mm-hmm. all along. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know a lot, I know a lot of the boys who would be attracted to him. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know. There's something. So what are you getting? I'm at? just saying he's attractive. Yeah, yeah he's well, attractive to men and women. He's cute to men and women. And it's not for religious reasons. Who was reasons. the girl that was I the think total they train wreck that was drunk the whole time? <laughs> they also talked about former most fascinating person, Caitlyn Jenner, because she has announced her plans. Fresh off of her run on The Masked Singer, she has announced her plans <laughs> to run for governor of California. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's really, like, evolving into her, like, supervillain era. Yes. And the people that she has, like, on her team, as Sunny pointed out, are a lot of, like, shady, Trumpy people. Actually, I think Megan was t- talking about how her team are, like, Trump people. 
So Yeah, people who literally like worked on Trump's campaigns. I just don't get so they're talking about like is she qualified? I don't get how someone who can't even learn the words to TikTok by Kesha thinks that they have the capacity to be governor of California. (laughs) Imagine being so rich and so bored in the sunset of your life that you're like, might as well spend all this money and try to run for governor, even though I'm never going to win. And I'm like despised by the very people that I need on my side. Literally it's that. And like, I feel like it's, as as many of the co-hosts pointed out and Sunny pointed out very detailed, Kaylin has only voted nine times in the past like ten years out of like twenty something um, Californian or elections in California, which is not a good track record for someone who now wants to get involved in politics. So it's like it does feel like what you said, where it's literally someone who is like, now what can I do? Hmm, I should run for governor. Like, I I ran out of, like, competition shows to do. Yeah. Let me fuck up all these people's lives. Yeah. It's, like, there are layers, I think, to talking about how they spoke about this on The View. Because there's the obvious thing that made the most news, which was Joy Behar misgendering Caitlyn and using the wrong pronouns, which happened towards the end of the segment. And was picked up on Twitter very quickly. And then there's the what did they what did the other co-hosts say? And then there's why is Caitlin running? So there's like multiple yeah. layers to this whole conversation. I feel like people writing entire articles about Joy screwing up the pronouns and people tweeting like crazy about it. It's I feel like it only makes it worse because it wasn't an intentional pronoun slip and she immediately corrected herself and I feel like to dwell other people to chime in and dwell on it that it doesn't affect almost makes it even worse for Caitlin to dwell on that yeah I see what you're saying so I feel a little like I don't know how to feel about it because I think I obviously I don't think that Joy did anything maliciously or Mm -hmm. to like I don't think it was some kind of like political chat like because she disagrees with Caitlin's policies or that she's a Republican that she's taking jabs at her by misgendering it's clearly not that it was clearly a mistake but it happened so many times yeah like it happened like four or five times in the segment and she did give like a sincere apology I think but it was just like for me highlighted why the view does not talk about transgender issues because this is not even a transgender issue yeah they you know they can't even really get through talking about a transgender person in a hot topic well i mean we've been saying it we've been saying it yeah one other thing is that anna said that she (laughs) went to a dinner party with Katy perry and caitlin jenner which yes there's a tv show that should have been the headline that yeah (laughs) Well, I was like, why is no one asking to elaborate on that? Wasn't Caitlin one of the guests during Katy Perry's, like, uh, Big Brother house? Yeah, her Big Brother. Oh, yeah. And I think Caitlin talked about being a Republican to Katy Perry and was, like, trying to explain herself. Mm-hmm. Also, I think... Oh. What? 
I was getting I was getting something that RuPaul did with at Katy Perry's Big Brother house confused with something that Caitlyn Jenner did at <laughs> Katy's Big Brother house, which was that RuPaul taught Katy Perry literally what charades is. Oh my god! <laughs> because she didn't know what charades was, and RuPaul wanted to play charades. Oh my god! That Katy Perry Big Brother was a real meeting of the minds. I'll say. <laughs> I remember watching a part where Anna Kendrick was like teaching everyone at the table about like how some people are like poor (laughs) and it was like if anna kendrick is the most woke person at your (laughs) table of 12 people that is a real group you've assembled that's a real interesting group you've assembled i can't believe she did that like to this day i just cannot believe someone as famous as Katy perry was like i'm gonna make my own big brother house <laughs> and have cameras on me 24 7 and it wasn't even during quarantine no she just did it in normal life <laughs> she also did that like at that dinner that she had where all of the celebrity guests were at the dinner mm-hmm. um she also had one random person who was a fan that she invited <laughs> and that poor girl was so out of her element. Oh yeah. <laughs> she just like had nothing to say at the table. Yeah. 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 There could be an entire podcast series on that alone. <laughs> yeah. And I would love also a behind the scenes documentary of like, so I could be in the boardrooms where that was pitched to her and, how she was manipulated into saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to the topic when Anna was talking about the dinner with Katy Perry and Caitlin, she was like, uh, I like really didn't agree with Caitlin's politics when I spoke to her at that dinner. And it's just like, we didn't see eye to eye on the politics. And I was like, if Republican Anna is saying that yeah. like Republican Caitlin is bad, then like I trust, like I trust yeah. that Anna's like, do not vote for this woman. It's actually funny that you said you confused for a second RuPaul and um, Caitlin because on the Masked Singer, when they were giving <laughs> Caitlin's clues of who it mm-hmm. could be, they were clearly like leading the audience to believe that it could be RuPaul. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess their journeys are just intertwined somehow in a past life. I remember on a past season of The Masked Singer, there was like another gay person. And again, they were leading everyone to believe that it was either Billy Porter or RuPaul. So I feel like I feel like straight America is like living a whole other reality where like every lgbtq person or as they like to call every lgbtq is the same person there there is a parallel universe that straight people live in yeah where caitlin jenner they think caitlin jenner is like an lgbt hero when she's actually the villain Yes. yes and it's it's also the universe where um they call rupaul's drag race rupaul's yeah. Like Simone's mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like straight people call that show RuPaul's and gay people call it Drag Race. And that's just how it is. <laughs> it's an indisputable fact. And what straight people don't know is that in our world, all straight people are the same. <laughs> they look the same. They talk the same. Yeah. 
So you know what? Maybe we aren't all that different. <laughs> We're all living on this planet together. Back up. Back off. Take care of yourself and let other people take care of themselves. Shall we move on? Yes. They also talked about this relationship topic, which was about how a woman had written into an advice column, Dear Prudence, because she said that her boyfriend rated her as an 8.5, but he wanted to still be with her because she was the the total package, the TP. Um, <laughs> it says... I've been with my boyfriend for six months. He's wonderful with my four-year-old son who recently started calling him daddy and we recently started living together. The problem is he just told me he considers me only an 8.5 on the hotness scale and doesn't think our sex life is the best he's ever had, but that he's happy to settle based on the whole package. I think we're very well matched hotness wise, but I don't compare him to other men in that way. I've also tried to improve our sex life without much luck. My question is, how should I feel about this revelation? Do I deserve more from a partner in terms of feeling sexy and loved? Or should I stick it out for the sake of my son? This sounds like it was written by someone who was um, accidentally dating the gay bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I enjoyed about this topic on The View was that Whoopi and Sunny <laughs> were like, so here's the topic, but have you guys watched um, the show called Them on Amazon Prime? <laughs> Could not be further from the actual topic at hand. They yes. spent equal amounts talking about them as they did the topic it was almost like why don't you just talk about them then (laughs) (laughs) since you all have something to say yeah three out of five hosts had a lot to say about them so why wasn't that just the topic the thing is i actually on Whoopi's recommendation did end up watching them Mm -hmm. because i was like she likes it i should check it out And I watched the entire thing over like three days and it was, I was like really, really enjoying it because it it was like genuinely very scary and very well made. Mm -hmm. But then after I finished watching it, it's also very disturbing. And then after I finished watching it, I started reading like what people had to say about it. And I was like, yeah, because a lot of the criticisms are like that it's kind of like, um, racist trauma porn. Yeah. And yeah, it kind of is. And so I feel weird about it now. I was really surprised that Whoopi and Sunny and Megan were like, you guys got to watch this show. Like, I was so surprised when Whoopi brought it up because all I had seen b- uh, before that point was people reviewing the show and critiquing the show and talking about how it's so beyond necessary and so traumatic and and trauma porn and it's can like, i just point out that the same thing is happening yes. on Deja the View <laughs> as happened on the view yes <laughs> because it's a more interesting topic than boyfriend rates girlfriend on 8.5 <laughs> we it's, all know it <laughs> but that's what we do here at deja the view we mirror the view it's called deja the um, view Okay, 
people who they eventually did talk about this topic at hand and i thought that sarah's point of view was interesting and probably the one that i related to most where she was like i think that her direct quote was i've seen myself naked and i know mama isn't a 10. (laughs) eight and a half is a pretty solid landing and like if they told me if my husband told me i was a 10 i wouldn't believe him because i know what a 10 looks like Mama doesn't look like that. I've seen myself naked too. So I don't know if I would ever trust him with like, do I look skinny in these jeans? Do you like this this uh, hairstyle? If he's giving me tens on a rating scale, I just don't trust him ever again. And I was like, I think I mostly agree, except for the part of like, I wouldn't want to hear it. Like I would just say like, don't even say it. Just like, <laughs> we know it, let's acknowledge it in our heads, but don't say the words. <laughs> this man's uh, intentions are also like very clearly to manipulate her into not leaving him. Mm. He's telling her, you're, you are lucky to have me because wow. you're ugly and I'm a 10. It's a, Is he saying that he's a 10, though? He's toxic. And, girl, you need to leave him. I this. Get away from like, him. I think 8.5 is really good. You, like, on the realistic scale of life, 8.5 is pretty hot. I wouldn't personally want to be with a 10, because, like, how... Then you're constantly comparing yourself to a 10. So, like, I want to land somewhere in the 7 to 8 range, personally. And that's and I would be happy for someone to tell me that because if they tell me ten, I know they're lying. I can't believe that's a conversation. If someone even brought up like in a <laughs> non-joking way, like yeah. the hotness scale, I would. They would never hear from me ever again. Yeah, same. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, I feel like I have brought it up before. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's like I'm not interested in that conversation. That's why I'm like, we can both think about it in our heads, but let's not ever vocalize it. Um, in this topic, Joy once again destroyed all of um, Western civilization's <laughs> obsession with looks. Yes. As she has done in the past. She even brought up the fact that the Dalai Lama is obsessed with looks and that he was quoted as saying that if there was ever to be a female Dalai Lama, she'd have to be attractive. So once again, Joy Behar destroys our society, rightly so. This may be this may be hard to believe coming from me, but it's not necessary to verbalize every thought that comes into your head. And furthermore, what we're dealing with here... Is it we're dealing to communicate? With Listen, I could go do 20 minutes on looksism in this country. Even the, let me just say this one thing. Even the Dalai Lama, when they asked him, what about a female Dalai Lama? He said, well, she'd have to be attractive. If we can't trust the Dalai Lama, what what position can our husbands be? Yes. And then he took it back. I'm going to look that up. He took it back. We're going to take it out. But that was his first thought. All right. It's true. You don't believe me? Well, you know what? I I do believe you. So... The very first comment on YouTube says, Joy is the best. She's like the aunt who lets you drink and smoke weed and doesn't tell your parents. <laughs> I like that Joy had that in her notes as like something to say. I don't know how her mind works, but it was a good point. And it is true because I remember when the Dalai Lama said this and people were quite outraged by it. And on The View... Like, they almost didn't believe her. Whoopi was like, I'm going to have to look that up. And then Megan was like, I don't know. And then Joy was like, 
So you don't believe me? <laughs> believe women. Believe Joy Behar. Do you guys remember the website Hot or Not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's this is the this website is what fucked up our society actually. It's like that's what Facebook was. Facebook started as a rating looks site. No, it didn't. Yes, oh, you mean like before it, it before it? Yes. Okay. Yes. He, Mark Zuckerberg's before first it was thing Facebook. was that he made it up. It was you rated the girls on campus. To, you rated their looks. So oh. like, so then Joy it very right. literally did ruin society. Yes. Joy is right. Like this whole society is based on an obsession with looks. Zuck. <laughs> on Facebook, Joe wrote, Number one in my husband's heart is better than a solid 10 in his eyes. Hmm. That's really something to ponder. <laughs> Carol says, The husband should not make his ratings of his wife's looks public, but rest assured he has a rating number for her looks and it's not a 10, no matter what he says. In other words, she may be a 9.5, but not a 10. A 10 is perfection, and that's one in a million. Also, our personalities are never a perfect match, but the lucky come close. All of this said, we are all setting, settling for someone that's less than a 10. Ultimately, we settle for the best we can find at that moment in our lives. So every husband has true. a rating for their wife that they write down in a little piece of paper <laughs> and then they put it in a locked box and they bury it under the ground. But every husband does have one. <laughs> Pamela says, well, is he a 10? I just love how these men have the friggin' nerve to grade their <laughs> wife or girlfriend when they should take a very long look in the mirror and ask themselves, am I an 8.5? Geez, women, when will it ever end? Never. No, never. Diana, most men wouldn't even rate a five, so let's not get on a rating system. This guy would be out the door. I am woman, hear me roar. Ooh. <laughs> a poet in the Facebook comments. <laughs> Jennifer, sex isn't everything, ladies. Joanne Woodward married to arguably one of the sexiest men alive, Paul Newman, said this about him and it always stuck with me. Sexiness wears thin after a while and beauty fades, but to be married to a man who makes me laugh every day, ah, uh, now that's a real treat. <laughs> Ella, I adored my husband. I didn't think I was a 10, but he did. He made me feel loved and valued for 34 years. This guy thinks his wife is an 8.5 and the sex isn't that great. I say, give me a ruler and let's see how you measure up. Oh. Oh, Maybe you just didn't do it for her, Jack Hole. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Someone give her the ruler. <laughs> Patricia says, I personally want to be lied to, per you guys. <laughs> Because if he rates me a 10, that means he sees my true inner beauty. And then Frederick says, the view should be named the view from hell. Oh, my God. That was Barbara's um, second choice. <laughs> that would be um, a good show. The view from hell. That's the former gay Catholic version of the view. Musical guest, Little Nas X. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. 
I wanted to mention something that came up from another show that Whoopi is obsessed with, which is Prodigal Son. Um, <laughs> may have heard of it. In what topic? I wanted to talk about something that came up from another show that Whoopi is obsessed with, which she's mentioned on The View multiple times over the last year. They had Catherine Zeta-Jones on the show because she's now a recurring character on season two of Prodigal Son, which is a show that I haven't watched it. I don't fully understand what it's about. It's like a serial killer but maybe there's some type of fantasy element to it where he's like literally a demon. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but Whoopi loves it. So Catherine Zeta-Jones was on talking about how her decision to join the cast was heavily influenced by Whoopi talking about how much she loves Prodigal Son on The View repeatedly. And then Catherine Zeta-Jones did a Whoopi Goldberg impression. <laughs> I didn't watch this interview. She was like, she was like, so I I was thinking about signing this contract and then I was watching The View and I saw you saying how it's a great show. Then she did an impression of Whoopi being like, I love The Prodigal Son. You got to watch it. And it was like startlingly a very good Whoopi Goldberg impression. (laughs) And it was you, Whoopi, you give me, you know, the, the royal seal of approval to go ahead with my decision or actually to, you know, feel really, really, really good about my decision because you said on air that you've been binge-watching Prodigal Son and it, and it was oh, one yeah. of your favorite shows. So I had one of those moments of, what would Whoopi think? And there you were on TV going, <laughs> I love this. I love this. And I'm going, yeah, okay. Yes. If it's good enough for Whoopi, is good enough for me. So this is a hidden talent that Catherine Zeta-Jones has had for how, however many years. Character, famed character actress <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones just pulls out this Whoopi Goldberg impression, and we all move on. But this I is wild because because I actually watched that interview, and I wasn't watching closely, <laughs> but I didn't even know that that happened. And probably it's because the impression was so good that I thought Whoopi was just talking. <laughs> And so now I have to go back and revisit. We all just see different things, I guess. <laughs> okay. Anything else you'd like to say, Elizabeth? I'd like to say, um, listen closely. Don't send me tweets about when our next episode is going to be. <laughs> I will block you. I will report your account for bullying. <laughs> So thank you so much for listening to us and going on this journey with us this season with the view from home, from our home, (laughs) from our view from home to yours. (laughs) And feel free to keep in touch. It goes down in the DMs. We have staff on 24-7 monitoring. answering your questions and that's actually why we have to stop doing episodes is that we're too busy monitoring the dms (laughs) yeah don't forget to buy summer on the bluffs Mm, summer on the bluffs coming out may May 4th 4th. may the 4th be with you (laughs) oh my god (laughs) it's a great book you'll all love it this summer 
I just can't, I personally can't wait to read Somewhere on the Bluffs with the Madonna flowing through my veins mm-hmm. out in an overcrowded park this summer. And I wish that everyone could experience that. So go get this book and you'll be one step closer. So until next time, until we meet again, have a great summer, wash your hands, get your vaccine, wear a mask, and have a brush your teeth, brush your teeth, pay your taxes, (laughs) buy summer on the bluffs, and have a great day. And take a little time to enjoy Jesus Christ, the Grand Marshal of the Pride Parade. Hit it, Abby. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. I love this. I love this. We're bringing Huntsman.